Good evening, everyone. I can't really, well, gosh, there's a whole bunch of people in the chat room tonight. Um, hope you're having an awesome week. And um, those of you who sprinted today, you did awesome. Congratulations. You had some excellent progress today. Lots of stuff got done. Um, <laughs> I hope you guys can hear me. Is my shit on? I hope so. I hope so. I'm kind of jealous of the chicken wonton soup, Rogue. I would love some soup. I might get me some after the podcast. I have, well, I have some canned soup. It's not going to equal what you got, what you had in your bowl. So, but I had some really awesome um, egg drop soup last night. So good. Oh, it's fantastic. Anyways, tonight we're going to talk about Jarvis and time travel. And I meant to go look up scientific theories on time travel, and I totally um, did not do that. So that's really annoying. Um, That plan fell through. Uh, Mostly because I decided I wanted popcorn, and that's just an entirely different thing. wonton soup out of a Campbell's can? I'm going to have to investigate my um, my um, my grocery store. Anyway, I'm going to put Julie on um, and we're going to get started. Uh, the first one I'm going to... I, uh, I, Julie and I have um, I guess you would call it a, a behavioral disorder called obsessive compulsive disorder um and tonight our ocds collided over a database that she's probably not seen yet um (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) Uh, now i'm gonna go look though i'm curious (laughs) i got issues (laughs) well you're trying to figure out my ex so what the hell is the ex for okay uh, did, did, did you tell me I did, but I don't know if it would make sense. So, yeah, this is. Oh, fun. I fixed that problem. I fixed that problem. Yeah, yeah, you 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 fix it in a totally different way. So, yeah, we can get rid of that cell now. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. I have a thing. Yeah. So I did some formatting. Um, but most of that is actually like a visual acuity thing. Um, I work with a lot of Excel, and I have to separate lines with gray space. Like white, you know, one white row, one gray row. I use a theme and word to do that because I have visual acuity issues if I don't. Mm. I mean, I did it in blue, but I did it a little differently than you did. This is fine. It's just I don't use the thing we were doing. I was not using to, for a visual reference. So I wasn't trying to make it readable. Um, I would just figure I'd be copying, pasting that information in somewhere else, which is why I had that stopper cell to keep the run <laughs> so our our OCDs collided <laughs> it, it, it's okay <laughs> it's a thing I just, it's a thing um, and the numbering I, have, I, don't, I don't know if you may not care about the numbering what, the numbering was so I can use that for the random number generator so I oh, have to assign you know, to actually, the I, I, have, I had no idea why you put that number on there but I was like I respect the number I added a number <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you have to, I have to have a number to put it into a random number generator so that they'll pop mm-hmm. out in a random order. But it, mm-hmm. that means everybody has to be assigned an ID. 
It doesn't have yeah. to be it a one, sense. but it could it could have been A's, but I had to do something, so. It makes it makes total sense. I get it. I think numbers are a better idea because you, you run out of letters, and then you got to do two A's yeah. and two B's, and that's really annoying. I, prefer, I, I much prefer um, n- numeric IDs versus um, alpha just for that purpose alone. But, um, yeah, I have I have a little thing. I have a little thing. But I love Excel. Excel's yeah. like my my baby. I, I'm really comfortable in Excel. As long as it I, um, the way I want it to. <laughs> well, I've, I mean, I've used multi-linked Excel spreadsheets that had millions of entries between them. Like, it would yeah. take, like, 10 minutes yeah. for them to load. So, uh, but if I'm not using, if I don't need to, if I don't think I'm going to be using something to visually reference, if it's just a place to dump data, I don't tend to do a lot of formatting with it. So, but, I mean, it's not like I, I don't care. But we could, you know, it, what you did looks good. Thank I can, we, I can actually, I can actually read it now. Thank you for indulging my crazy, like like I indulge yours. But no, it's just I have a thing. <laughs> I, I, it's just a thing I have. Um, Usually, the way it works with people who are OCD working together is if they respect each other's thing, is whoever is the most sensitive on an issue gets their way, <laughs> uh, and the person who is more chill gives in. It's like, okay. <laughs> as long as it's readable. Yeah. The only thing I care about is the alternating colors on the rows. That's, I think that was that was there, but done differently. Um, I can't yeah, I have all the, the rows be white. So I don't have to. Um, so you do don't have manually. to do any filling it manually. Yeah. So yeah. I don't have the patience for manual fill. Yeah, the theme would be better. The theme is definitely better. Yeah, I, that's the only thing I do when I have a lot of data is I have to have a visual line separation. Otherwise, yeah, it's crazy. like that. They blur together. I used to yeah. plot exclusively in Excel, and honestly, I kind of miss it. I think OneNote is actually, you know, it's obviously more robust, and it, it allows you to gather more information easily, and you can snip, and you know, you can do ex- all these things you can do. But I still miss Excel. <laughs> To the I, point that sometimes I make tables in my OneNote. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So I, can I do too. I'm in Excel. <laughs> like, it's like, what the hell? I don't know how you can function without tables. Um, like anytime I do any kind of like long timelines, I do them in in tables in OneNote. My only issue with OneNote is I do lose stuff because sometimes I can't remember. I never lost anything when I did stuff in Excel. But sometimes in OneNote, yeah. I can't quite remember where something is. And, like, the the thing that seemed logical to me to do when I created something is less logical when I go back. And I'm like, was I tired? I don't know. And I think search function in um, Excel is really awesome for that because you can search the whole spreadsheet. And I, I was just, you know, I'm just, I'm an old lady and I'm very comfortable in Excel. <laughs> Excel Excel is very comfortable. We were we were we were trying to decide if we we're going to do this in Excel or um, in a in a Google in a spreadsheet in Google Docs, um, and we're both kind of quiet for a minute. And then almost at the same time, um, we both said, "I prefer Excel, but we could I could bend on this." <laughs> basically, as we both said, basically, I prefer Excel, but when it comes to Look, this, it's I probably use- not that important. I have a Gmail account. I used to be a exclusively Chrome user until Chrome fucks my machine up. Um, it's because it's a memory hog and it was killing me, or my machine. 
Um, I actually, for the most part, enjoy Google products. I almost got a Google Pixel cell phone. Um, I cannot stand Google Office products. I, I can't stand them. I can't stand Google I, Docs. I hate it. Oh, I hate it all. Oh, I've done, so I've done a fair bit of editing editing in Google Docs, so I had to get used to it. But I I only use it when I just cannot get on anything else because it it causes me problems no matter what I try to do with it. And I always wind up Word works so nicely with WordPress that um going back and using Google Docs is just it's just painful. And there's so many things I want to do that you can't do in Google Docs. Um, and, and also, also I sometimes puts a lot that it, Word puts a lot of junk in your code, but Google puts like twice as much junk underneath your skirt as far as your um, words go. That when you copy and paste it into something, it's a hot mess. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. You have to bring. I have. If I have to bring it in, the safest way to bring it in is to copy and paste it into a text file. But you lose all your formatting. Um, it's it's just now you can, if you have a Windows machine. Windows has a stripped down word editor that comes with it for free. Um, and it if you copy and paste from Google Docs into that, you won't lose your formatting, and you can save it as an RTF, which is a rich text format. It's basically their rich text format editor, um, and um, that's okay, but it's not great. Yeah. Well, I had a I had a lady who um, I thought about picking up this editing gig with this lady who wanted like a ninety thousand word novel. She had ninety thousand word novel. It was in Google Docs, and you need to be paying me about five times as much as you're offering. <laughs> You don't want to edit ninety thousand words in Google Docs. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> Jesus. So I kind of I actually turned down an editing kick over <laughs> editor. I'm like, I just I just can't. It is it isn't robust enough. It's it's just it isn't uh, robust enough. I mean um I you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be real for you with you guys. I'm gonna be super, super real on a professional level with you as far as um being a a writer and going into the idea that you might like to publish professionally. Don't use Google Docs. Don't use Open Office. Go to Amazon or go to Microsoft and get Microsoft three sixty five, whatever you gotta do, and get access to Microsoft Word. You need it. You cannot function professionally without it. It will be a nightmare. Standard. A lot of times you'll get edits and they'll be done with Microsoft Word. And if you don't have it, you won't be able to do your edits. I had a friend who signed a contract with um, Lucid back in the day. They're gone now. Great company, though. I was was sad to see them go. Um, And she has. She was an open office user. She gets her edits. She can't do them. She had to come to my house and use my computer to do her edits because she couldn't afford to buy the office software. Um, And uh, she used her first royalty check to buy office software. (laughs) She used Microsoft Office to get Microsoft Office so she could, you know, continue to do her editing and stuff. This is about eight years ago, eight or nine years ago. So, um, but yeah, if, if you're going to publish professionally, 
um, you need to use Microsoft Word. It is the publishing standard. It's what they expect. It's what they will. Um, yeah, if it's yeah, you know, yeah, it's work related. You can write that shit off on your taxes. Keep your receipt. Um, but yeah, it's as Julie said. It's now I pay. And, I buy. I buy. Um, I have Office three sixty five. Um, I think it's hundred dollars a year still. Um, and I that, the package I'm, that's not. What package did you get? I have the five user license. Okay. Okay. Um, so I have the five user one that gives you five users, five desktops or notebooks, and five mobile devices, or maybe it's ten mobile devices now. Plus you have like a terabyte of online storage. Um, so. I have two computers, and so I take two of the licenses, and my family has the other three. And then everybody has it, and I have it on both of my devices, and they have it on all of theirs. So, okay, so I, for a personal user, if you're not going to be as generous as Julie is with her family, <laughs> the personal <laughs> use for 365 is four is six ninety nine is sixty nine ninety nine for a year. I highly recommend it i really do you can use it on your tablet you can use it on your phone or you can pay 6.99 a month which if you have to do if you're entering into a professional environment and you have to do your edits buy a month's membership so you can do that and get your edits done so you aren't um, labeled a problem child by your publisher because they will remember if you're a problem and if your file is a hot mess when they get it they will remember Yeah, the last thing you want is your editor sending a note to the publisher that says, I don't think they know how to use Word. Uh, <laughs> it's um, it'd be a painful moment professionally. Uh, and it's not a deal breaker, but they're going to remember that you're not particularly um, savvy. Yeah. <laughs> but if you do, if you do have people you know who you can chip in with it, it, it is certainly cheaper individually to get the five user thing and everybody pays twenty dollars a year yeah but i'm not sharing it with anybody so i'm able to put it on all my devices i'm putting it on it's on my laptop it's on my tablet it's on my phone um, it also comes like a with um, space um, in their in, in their cloud, so yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of space because like most companies don't give you that much space. I know Adobe doesn't yeah, it's give a you lot that much space. space. Um, and this is not a sponsored podcast. Microsoft would never sponsor me because I'm too dirty. I'm just being for real. I'm being super real with you. Um, not having uh, Microsoft Word in today's modern publishing market is a liability. Just keep it in mind. Okay. okay. That is your public service announcement for and, uh, the week. Oh, as is right. As I said, that sometimes while you can edit from Word into Open Office, that sometimes your Open Office um, won't see all the edits, and vice versa. If you're sending changes through open office and you save the document when the person opens it in word, they may not see your changes. It's not 100% um, compatible. 
Now, I have to say, I have to say before, I, I am, most people know I'm a Mac user, um, but I, and the old, the version of Mac that they had, the new version, is works really seamlessly with um, integrating and, you know, sharing files with people who have Windows and stuff, but the version they had a few years ago, not good. Anyway, um, tried to make the switch to Apple's native applications, which is like Pages, and I don't remember the rest of them. Terrible. Like, oh my God. I, was, I went right out and spent the 100 bucks on Microsoft because on Word, because I just was like, oh my God, this is dreadful. I would rather use Google Sheets. I mean, Google Google, Google Docs or whatever it's called. Page wow. Google wow. Pro. I mean, it is that bad. It's awful. Apple's native apps are just they suck. But if I actually, because I have Scrivener, if I ever had a reason that I couldn't write in um, Word, I probably, my backup would be Scrivener. It wouldn't be it, it wouldn't be anything else. It's just it's just scary for me. It, the, uh, the other stuff, and it doesn't play nicely. A lot of stuff does not play well with WordPress, and I have to be able to play well with WordPress, or I just waste a lot of time. Okay. So I would honestly earlier. rather write in WordPress. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Than <laughs> in Microsoft Office. I mean, I mean, than in, and than it, in um, Google Office. And it auto-saves, so. Yeah, um, it does. Yeah, it does. I have to tell you what I did earlier. Oh, this is just me whining for a second before we get to the podcast topic. I was saving. I had made some plot notes about something. And I went to save, and I was in a hurry because I had a lot of stuff going on right at that moment. And I saved the file I had been working in, and I gave it a name. And apparently I've used that name in that folder before, and I overwrote it because I was going so <gasps> fast I didn't pay attention to the warrant, to the note and to the thing that says, do you want to overwrite? And I just clicked yes, and then I went. It, it, it like penetrated my brain after I said yes, and I have no idea what I lost. None. My face is probably white right now. I, I, my cheeks got cold. I, <laughs> I just was like, oh, oh, that hurt. That hurt me bad. <laughs> I had to stop everything I was doing. I went over to, I had been sprinting while sprinting, and I went over to the chat to everybody to save. I didn't, like, share the horror, but it just reminded me to tell people to, to save. And, and, and I should add now, save uh, with deliberation, because... Yeah. Wait, wait. <laughs> you say that it's a Google, right? You say that it's uh, your Google Drive? Drive? No, I have a I have a, a mirroring with uh, iCloud, so it's it's all in iCloud. Okay. <gasps> oh. Oh. Because I, I was thinking go- with with um what's it with um Dropbox? Dropbox keeps versions of files. So you can retrieve them. So I'm wondering if your cloud service does it too. It might, but even if it doesn't, the old, my other laptop, the little, the, the baby, it, the one I take to coffee shops, it has the old version on it. So if I turn the Wi-Fi so, on and boot it up, it will have the old file. I hadn't thought about that. Right. Even if I can't find sure it in the cloud. you don't turn your Wi-Fi on. Yeah. Because the way my system is set up is that it's not a, well, I do have, Backups, but the way my system is set up is um, my desktop actually lives in the cloud. 
it's just mirrored onto my devices, my desktop and my yeah, documents. Yeah, mine's the same way. Yeah. So um, I have mirrors um, on Dropbox and in Google and in OneDrive because <laughs> I lost yeah. a lot, okay? <laughs> we guess I have a hard drive. And I've had really good I've had really good luck with the desk and the thing is I can access my files from anything. But the thing is the cloud then of course is always current. But the the mirror that I have on the little laptop, if I don't have the Wi Fi enabled when I boot it up, it'll still have all the old documents on it. So, so I will I'll check that after after the podcast. But man, I was just like, what did I just do? Uh And of course, if you're if you're a Mac user, you know what Time Machine is. I don't have Time Machine enabled right now because I'm a fucking idiot. So I can't even step back into earlier in the day and grab it because I turned Time Machine off a couple months ago. Wow. I turned okay. the Time Machine off when my parents got here because because I needed to be able to move my laptop around a lot. Anyway, bonehead. So be careful with your data. It's very important. All right. So I was thinking earlier when I was thinking about tonight's podcast, um, which I also didn't have a lot of time today to, to ponder it, um, more than it just kind of, you know, buzzing around in circles in the back of my mind. Um, it, it has potential. I was so intrigued by this last night that it has potential to be maybe, maybe our question for November. It, it could be on the list of candidates. It appeals because that's the one where we have to basically answer the same question, right? Yep. Mm, that's very appealing. Is Lady Hall yeah, on? Yeah, well, no. She's her, her icon. She's not. Inactive. Ha- her oh icon. My God, how idle. is she not in my podcast? Are you fucking serious? <sighs> For real? <laughs> she was <laughs> online an hour ago. Are you? We're, talk, we're talking to ourselves. <laughs> we are talking to ourselves. Anyways, oh, there they are. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're here. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I think I saw her on the board. But um, yeah, you've been on the board the whole time, right? You just weren't in the chat. Okay, okay. Oh, you're prepping for tomorrow? Okay. I was like, dude, why are you going to work in the middle of the night? <laughs> yeah, I had the Your same time's thought. that different from me. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, okay, so. Uh, <laughs> we just, you're, you're, so I talk- said idol. We did we didn't know you were listening from afar. <laughs> right. We're obviously very needy bitches. <laughs> okay, so Paul Sutter, an astrophysicist at Ohio State University, told Space.com, Indeed, we can jump forward into the future as much as we want. It's only a matter of going really, really fast. The faster you move through space, the slower you move through time. So that's going forward. 
We've been able to measure this ultra-precise atomic clocks in jet airplanes and the precision offered by GPS systems needed to make take this into account. Sci-fi always seems to require complicated contraptions to jump in time when all you need is a very large rocket. Hmm. Which is what Star Trek does when they do that thing where they loop around the sun. Right. Speed of about five miles a second. Astronauts on the space station are moving faster than we are on Earth. That means that on the station, astronauts age just a tiny bit slower than they would on the planet's surface. Which is why if people enter, is it light speed? They're moving faster. They don't age. Something like that. There's there's something with that. Okay, this means that the station astronauts are not aging, and that when astronaut Scott Kelly came back from a year in space, the age gap with his slightly older twin, Mark, widened by just a little bit. So Mark got a little bit older than him. Many sci-fi franchises focus on time travel to the past. Such travel raises neat questions, such as whether you can go back in time and kill your own grandparent, the grandfather paradox. Sutter pointed out that physics of our universe appear to forbid this situation, at least as far as we can see. But surprisingly, some of Einstein's equations from the theory of general relativity may allow for time travel into the past. This theory basically discusses how huge objects distort space-time which we feel as gravity. So could Einstein's theory make time travel possible? Well, one way would be to break the cosmic speed limit and go faster than the speed of light. Another possibility would be to form wormholes between points in space-time. Although this would likely be only for small particles, there are even more exotic possibilities out there, including using black holes, cylinders, cosmic strings. You know, I read a paper on string theory about 10 years ago. That was absolutely fascinating. I wonder if I could find it. Anyways, when it comes to the past, the mathematics of general relativity does allow a few strange scenarios where you can end up in your own past. But all these scenarios end up violating the known physics, which is why we often think that magic is the solution. Of course, Stargate used wormholes. And that's from an article on space.com called, Is Time Travel Possible? Scientists Explore the Past and the Future by Elizabeth Howe, and it was published on May 28, 2018. And that's all I can read of that because that's fair use. If I read any more, I'll be passing the 10% limit on fair use. So <laughs> you have to go there yourself and read the rest. <clears throat> no, Mark is older, and now he's a little bit older, more older than his astronaut brother. I'm reading something that says that the traveling twin would be the older one. Hmm. 
it's oh, interesting. I mean, I don't understand. I mean, I understand just a fraction of what this article is talking about. This physics article is talking about, but um, now, if the stationary twin is moving faster while the moving twin remains in an inertial frame, that is, continues to move at a constant velocity. The moving twin will observe time running slower for the stationary twin. If they could ever be at the same place in the same point in time again, someone would have to be wrong. This is the paradox. The rub is trying to get the twins back together at the same place and same time so they can compare their ages. This will, ne- this will necessarily require a change in velocity, hence an acceleration, but an accelerating frame is not an inertial frame. Thus, without knowing the details of how it bring the twins together, there really is no way to say for sure who will be older, but in most cases it will be the traveling twin. I see on space.com it says, at a speed of about five miles a second, astronauts on the space station are moving faster than we are on Earth. This means that on the station, astronauts age just a little tiny bit slower than they would on the planet's surface. Hmm. Okay, so I'm not going to rely on science for this, though, because, no. I enjoy often. You know what? You know what a little bit older is? Okay. So, Mark Kelly, who's the astronaut that was in space? Scott Kelly is the astronaut that was in space, and he was in space for a year. Now, because he was in space for a year and he experienced the time dilation effect, um, so whereas I used to be six minutes older. This is Mark Kelly talking about his astronaut brother. I used to be six minutes older. Now I'm six minutes and five milliseconds older. Five milliseconds. Okay. So the stationary Astro- twin is still freaking, older. Yeah. Yeah. By yeah, by five milliseconds after a year. <sighs> okay. Milliseconds. <laughs> we are not achieving. We are not achieving our time travel that way. That's not even a fucking second. <laughs> not so even close to a fucking second. So there's, there's a couple of questions when you're looking at a time travel thing, right? Well, at least, at least a couple. With time travel, you could have a lot more. But with this question, the two things that popped in my mind, well, I guess it's really three, but one of them feels like a subset of the other, is what's your, mechan- well, what's your mechanism for time travel? Um, which could also include who... Who is behind it? So the whole there's a whole motive and mechanism thing to happen, and the other is where, when, or when he's going to go, and then the subset of the when is what is he going to do when he gets there. So, um, but if you look at it as a hero's journey, that those are always the questions you have to answer. Not necessarily right. how is he going to travel, but how is this going to happen? When is this going to happen, and what is their purpose? So I think for me, the point of Jarvis's time travel. Is it the moment of his destruction? Maybe. Maybe. I'm noodling on him. I've got an idea. Okay. 
in in Century, I created a character basically that's Destiny. I made her, made them one of the cos. There's only four cosmic entities in um, the MCU: Entropy, Death. Um, I don't remember what the four cosmic entities were. Um, I know, I remember always remember Entropy and Death. Um, we discussed the time starting Doctor Strange last night, actually. Yeah, we did. But um, but Doctor Strange never met Jarvis. Jarvis was long destroyed before Doctor Strange came along. Um, unless he meets him in his little time wobbly when he's doing all the... Yeah, yeah he can do a lot it. there. Um, enter- death, entropy, infinity, and etern- eternity. So those are the cosmic entities that... Um, created the infinity stones from the singularities. So um, I added a fifth, um, in Century, I added a fifth cosmic entity um, because, well, just because, because I needed one um, for fate, for destiny, <laughs> and I called her, called her destiny. Um, what if, um, I, my idea was, what if, what if right at that moment when, vision was destroyed what if destiny takes what a vision is Jarvis and removes it right before the stone is destroyed and so she has what there is of Jarvis and is able to reconstruct and have Jarvis there and what if she sends Jarvis back in time and I'm thinking I'm I'm kind of like liking the idea of like when she sends him back into the past that she um, brings the soul stone to him. And maybe like integrates the soul stone into his mainframe. So it won't be there where Thanos, where... The yeah, more she things it is. The, yeah, she would dismantle the trap, and and but then it comes the question of where he goes because if he, especially if she gives him a soul, um, like a more down to earth approach. What if when Thanos came before Vision ended up in the battle? What if Sherry um, found Jarvis inside him? And then when the Infinity Stone took her brother, she used whatever tech she had to create a wormhole, and she sends Jarvis back in time. She could get um, Thor to help power a wormhole with the the Bifrost. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've got the big... I mean, if they've got... uh, um, now the question is why would she, I think why would Shuri know to do that why would she assume Jarvis could do anything well Shuri has to know Tony Stark's history his history is no secret to anybody which means Jarvis really isn't a secret to anybody either um, I wouldn't say it happens immediately but maybe weeks go by or months go by and everything is falling apart and 
she can't keep her brother's kingdom together or for whatever whatever is happening. And maybe they took her mother too. Maybe the snap took her mother too. And she just, she gets desperate. And she remembers that code that she pulled out of vision and she wakes it up and it's Jarvis and Jarvis tells her. And her and Jarvis make a plan. And they ask Thor to do whatever Thor can do. And Thor thinks that he can send something back, but he's not sure he can send a human being back. So they send Jarvis back instead. They'd have to find a way to give him more autonomy because he'd have to be able to, in a way, he's not a he's not an effective time traveler if he can be shut down with a line of code. Right. Um I actually find the idea okay. This I I it may be it may that I'm I'm having a really negative emotional reaction to that because the idea of Shuri improving Jarvis is kind of it feels really intrusive. It feels like body modification <laughs> in a weird way. Now I wouldn't want Shuri to to interfere with Jarvis's code because he's sentient. In in my in, in my mind, Jarvis is sentient. He's a sentient he's a sentient entity, and he deserves his you know, his thing. Um, but if Jarvis goes back in time, what happened in the first movie can't be the foundation of what Shuri would know by the time Infinity War took place. What do you if mean? Christine Everhart didn't know, well, she's in the chat room, they're saying Christine Everhart didn't know about Jarvis oh, at oh. all. Okay, but that was like 10 years ago. Jarvis well, was running because, Avengers Tower. Right, but just because just because the average person didn't know didn't mean the people in Wakanda didn't know. Because that's one of the things they probably, I would think, would be one of their mandates is to keeping an eye on technology that could discover them. And the person right. most likely to have that is Tony Stark. So I would think that Tony Stark would have been on, on Wakanda's watch list for a long time. And just even with passive surveillance, they would be able to pick up on Jarvis pretty quickly. Probably most especially after he started creating autonomous bots. I imagine yes. he's been on the radar since he was a teenager. And also he used to create weapons, large weapons of mass destruction. I mean, he was a war profiteer. So the fact that they, they would be ridiculous if they weren't keeping an eye on him and his tech. I would not be surprised to learn that they had a spy in Stark Industries long before S.H.I.E.L.D. ever tried it. Yeah, probably a much more successful spy. Um, In terms of the thing about improving Jarvis, I I kind of – there's something about that that I was kind of just noodling on it. What she could do is instead of messing with Jarvis directly, because if she sees him – and I do think Jarvis is fully sapient. I think he's not just aware. I mean, obviously he's logic and reasoning. You've got sentience and you've got sapience. So if she if she knows that about him and she believes he's a true artificial intelligence and that he is fully sentient and sapient, I don't think she would mess with him. But what she could do is, like, send him back with tools that he doesn't have currently. Like, 
like little apps he could access if he wanted to, as opposed to having them forced on him. Sort of like sending him back with an app store of his own. And they could be based on Wakandan technology that he would never have had access to that might enable him to, say, overwrite the protocols on his server or whatever. Or, I don't know, something that keeps him from safer so that he can't be overwritten. James Rhodes, she just misspelled it. Oh, um, oh, 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 oh. Sometimes sometimes I see something a little bit too literally. literally. <laughs> yeah, well, because <laughs> That's what I, see. <laughs> I I'm I'm pretty literal. So, and 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 then, you know, that to me, I was thinking like the guys who set up for concerts. So, yeah. Anyway, what would be sad? But um the, if Rhodey was a Wakandan and never told Tony if Rhodey was in the Wakandan, he would not have grown up with Tony. He wouldn't. Well, they actually didn't meet till college, right? Or was it high school? Um, I think they met at MIT. But, um, didn't they? Did, I thought they met at MIT. Tony was like which 16, means that but I think he would have been in place to spy on Howard, not Tony. Or, or, or maybe he was going in to place to MIT. keep Tony safe. But or what if go, he was yeah, there? He could have just literally going to MIT. What if, yeah. he, what if they just got lucky? What if he calls back to his king and says, um, did you have any idea that Tony Stark was going to be my roommate? And they're like, you know, let's take advantage of that. Keep an eye on him kind of thing. It could it could have been coincidence that tur- ha- or rather happenstance that turned into something more if you wanted to go that direction. But um, it, I think it would be on Tony. Also. Is it, it creates a, it creates stress in their relationship if Tony ever finds out. It doesn't matter if Rhodey is really his friend. I, I think the initial intention really matters that that he wasn't there to. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not, it, I I I personally wouldn't go that route with Rhodey because it does. I like portraying their friendship in a positive way, and I don't know how you get around your best friend. Even if they really are your friend and they really believe that, that they're sending reports to somebody about you, it would feel like a betrayal no matter. Um, no matter how no matter how you spun it, you're reporting to, to to a whole other government about me would feel I don't know how you could feel anything but betrayed by that. Now. You could have a Wakandan that got close to Rhodey in order to keep I just had a total scene pop full-fledged in my brain. Like, okay, okay. so let's, let's, say, let's say Thor and Shuri pull this off, and they send Jarvis back with his toolbox. And I especially like the toolbox part. Um, I'm, I'll write that down, toolbox. Okay. Okay, so he's hanging out. He knows when Thor's going to arrive. So Thor's at Jane's phone rings, and it's Jarvis, and he's asking for Thor. <laughs> Welcome to Earth. <laughs> we need to have a really long talk. <laughs> have you got your hammer back yet? <laughs> this is important. <laughs> We've got shit to do. <laughs> It 
just amused me, just the idea that, you know, they're like, what the fuck, what the fuck are we going to do with him? And then the phone rings, and it's Jarvis asking for Thor. <laughs> yes, I hate to speak to Mr. Odin's son. <laughs> well, I, you could also have um, Thor, Thor's consciousness time travel, and his consciousness could land in his brain, like when he... Um, you could actually, if Thor time traveled and he he time traveled right at that moment when he was on Earth, where where he, where he went to get his hammer, he would have had the basically awakening that allowed him to reclaim his hammer. Um, so he could kind of like go, oh, oh, and then be able to actually get his hammer, and then you circumvent the whole thing with Loki. Loki doesn't destroy a town, which was his really first really big unforgivable act. Um, and then you could do something interesting with Loki. Um, I, don't, I don't think I've ever read Thor time traveling, but I like the idea of Thor time traveling. Actually, um, can you imagine Thor? And he and could Jarvis be. He could actually be Jarvis's vehicle. He could be Jarvis's vehicle. Like, like, look, I'm going to be. You're going to stick me in your pocket. And when you land, you can pick up your hammer first. It's cool. Pick up your hammer. Then you need to get an internet connection and plug me in and let me go. But can you imagine the two of them, the time travel buddies? They are so improbable. But what if they're the only ones who can do it? <laughs> they, w- they, they actually could theoretically be. Because if he has the, the hammer and the bifrost, um, Tony is uh, off-world, stuck on that ship, apparently starving to death per the preview. Um, I like the idea of Shuri surviving the snap and just, you know, being so desperate to to get everything back that she's willing to kind of just, like, explore a scientific principle that she maybe would have never done so any other way. And she uses all that they have left of the of the what's-it material. Oh, I just had an idea. To create a gateway, and Thor uses the hammer to create a wormhole, and he steps through it into the, pa- um, into the past. What if... Because I'm wondering... What what, if, okay, so what is... Because usually I do the time you. travel thing with, with... What thank you? Oh, she's... Vibranium. vibranium. I couldn't vibranium. remember the name of that stuff. Um... Well, Thor's hammer's made of um, Uru. Uru? Yes. Anyway, Which is actually um, a version of vibranium, apparently. It's a magical version. What? But they're what they're if, very similar properties. If you do this sending the consciousness thing as opposed to sending actual physical thing, because the physical thing is difficult because you have to display something that's already there. So that's right. why I was wondering like, if, Thor, if Thor's consciousness is sent... How does it? What what happens to the? If, if it's physically Thor, what happens to the Thor that's there? But if it's his consciousness, I was thinking, well, if, he, if it, so, you, I had a, I had a, like a conundrum in my brain. Is what if it it um if the when the consciousness is sent, um, I was then like, well, how is he going to take a a memory stick with him if it's just his consciousness, right? But what if? And yes, he could. They could throw if they're creating a wormhole that they send Thor's consciousness through. But what if um, Thor's consciousness has to land in him when he's in traveling on the Bifrost? Because that's like when he's 
the, the, the vehicle that it makes it possible is when he's actually in the Bifrost being transported. So his hammer has just been thrown to Earth, and Thor is traveling behind it, right? What if Jarvis mm-hmm. wound up in the hammer? Well, I don't want Jarvis to be stuck in the hammer. <laughs> well, he wouldn't be stuck. Thor just has to go and plunk him down on top of a computer somewhere. A very sturdy computer. <laughs> well, yeah. Be careful. There's no plunking. There's no plunking the the mew mew. Don't pluck mew mew. <laughs> and we say mew mew because neither one of us want to try to pronounce the hammer's name. It always trips me up. Molinar or something like Mjolnir. Mjolnir. It's something. It's something that makes my tongue look differently than it did. Mew mew. Mew mew. And of course, Lady Holder went right to hammer time. Of course she did. Mjolnir. 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 M- Mjolnir? Mjolnir? I don't know. It's got a J I'm in it. The J makes, the J makes you do strange things with your tongue. That's the problem. That J that J after the N, it's like it's just Mew Mew. Um Thor would look good as Mew Mew would definitely really enjoy Darcy's iPod, yes. Oh, let's be honest, Chris Hemsworth would look good in anything. Even those ridiculous pants. But I was just thinking that what if they realized that they could use the magical properties of Uru to transport Jarvis's consciousness to the past? Because Thor, Thor, Thor has a Uru ham, an Uru hammer at that, not a hammer, but an axe at that point, and he can use that axe to open the Bifrost. Right. right. And when he does, if Jarvis is in the axe then it could send Jarvis's consciousness through the wormhole to into Mew Mew. Getting a the getting an artificial you know, basically what amounts to a computer code into through the Bifrost and then into what? So I just have I just have I have a little bit of struggle with yeah, if I were to have Thor time travel, I would have the whole Jane romance thing get completely skipped because clearly Thor knew by the by Thor Ragnarok, he knew that their relationship, you know, their relationship was over, and he he didn't seem torn up about it. Mjolnir, yeah, <sighs> fucking umlaut. Um, yes, thank you. <laughs> Ooh, the newest <laughs> solid state hard drives. Very solid state. Magic. Thank you. Magical. Magical as fuck. Well, I remember, I my think favorite we'll... line of all magic is when Harry apparates across um, uh, the room and this this old dwarf goes, How, how'd you do that? And Harry goes, I'm really fucking magical. <laughs> I amuse myself. And that's important. You should always amuse yourself. <laughs> you should always amuse yourself. 
And Harry is really fucking magical. He, it, very. He, he's like pure fucking magic. Someone, <laughs> someone commented on Perishable and said that it's their, they think it's their favorite story of mine. And they said, is that terrible? Because I love all your work. And I was thinking, no, because you, it, it's having something be your favorite because it, it makes you laugh is a damn good reason for something to be your favorite. It's a damn good reason because we need to amuse ourselves. We need to be amused. Laughter is very good for Marie you. Kondo been, would approve. Marie Kondo it, would approve. It is, that's right. It is scientifically proven to be good for your heart. So you need to laugh more. Laugh, laugh, laugh. But I I don't know why I like the idea of because you could have physical tra- the physical travel back, but I just then you have you have issues to work out whether you choose a consciousness travel or a physical travel. Um, I find the physical travel to have more um, issues that I don't want to deal with. So, but you know what? There 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 is a. Shuri is unknown, essentially, outside of Wakanda. No one would know any different if suddenly she was twins or if she had a slightly older sister that looked a great deal like her. Yeah, she she could travel back in time. Explaining to gods that's under a problem. Explaining to girl geniuses from a kingdom that no one knows about not really a problem. <laughs> I thought, look, we had an issue. I'm here to fix it. Let me plug this in. Hold on. Okay, girl, come on. Let's sit down. <laughs> we have and, stuff to do. And <laughs> even if, let's say she doesn't get Wakanda involved. What if she goes to Tony Stark and her proof of her time travel is that she's got Jarvis? Because how else would she have him? And not just Jarvis, but a Jarvis that has advanced himself several years beyond what Tony had already done. Well, what I would say is that, yes, okay, she can go to Tony, but we've already discussed the fact that there's no way that Wakanda doesn't have Tony on the radar. If suddenly he has a near, he has an identical copy of Shuri running around with him in his, in his, in his, in his shit, but it wouldn't Wakanda's going to know. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be an identical copy. It'd be a Shuri that's many years older. Yeah, what, like, um... I guess depending on how far you went back, anywhere from ten to fifteen years older, but still, yeah, it would be I mean, obvious might, she was, wasn't it? I mean, no, because all she has to do is change her hair and the way she dresses and stuff. People might think she looked a lot like Shuri, but why would they jump to Tony Stark has a Shuri that's ten year, uh, ten years older than ours? I mean, I don't think most people a would climb. go there. No, you're right. People tend to, when they see something impossible, they just tend to make something. They would just assume it's a doppelganger because the doppelganger thing is very real. Somewhere out there is someone who probably looks a lot like any one of us. A very lot alike. Oh, I had an idea. What if Thor sacrifices himself to send Shuri back in time? sacrifices him like physically like he he died well yeah he has to expend all of his his god of his his godly powers to do it him and the act okay it 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 takes everything 
that he's got to do it. But as of the Thor of the past wouldn't know. Right. Well, the thing is, is if he doesn't, if he doesn't sacrifice himself to, to, and maybe she doesn't know it's going to come to that, um, and maybe the Bifrost tears him apart, but he uses all his power to keep her intact. And she doesn't know until she lands that he didn't make it. Well, that's just sad. <laughs> but yeah, sad. But it's, it's, it's kind of almost like temporary character death because the because the younger Thor still exists and he still has his path to take. Um, but like what we already discussed, it'd be really hard to explain two versions of Thor running around. Well, it's not even temporary character death; it's actual character death. Well, yeah, I mean, but you know, the other Thor is still alive. But that's not any kind of consolation because the Thor we like is the one who died. (laughs) Or maybe his physical form is destroyed and when the the younger Thor gets thrown on Earth, the older Thor is lingering in the Bifrost. What if Thor is the one who winds up in the hammer? What if his consciousness winds up in the hammer and when Thor, younger Thor, picks it up, he gets his memories of his older self? Which means the younger one would have to go through his journey to re-earn the hammer, which which I think is actually very good for him. But he re-earned the hammer when he defended that town. If he got the memories of his older self and he and that all integrated, he might be able to get his hammer almost right away. If when he goes to pick up the hammer, that, you know that really great line where Clint says, I'm almost rooting for him, and he gets to the hammer and he tries to pick it up, and there's that big terrible moment when he can't pick it up. What if when he puts his hand on it, the older Thor? Kind of looks, soups in. <laughs> like that sound yeah. effect. And is, and is able to take, and then he's able to get the hammer. Because I would think there'd be a moment of like this dissonance where the older and younger selves merged. But Thor, I would think if he was trapped, if, if his consciousness was there in the hammer, or at least his memories, I would think he had such a, a kind of like an ascension to making him a king. He had such a, a, an evolution that I would think that would instantly change the younger Thor and make it possible for him to reach out and grab that hammer again and actually pick it up. And there wouldn't be at that point, yeah. it would have been a transference. And then he has to go find Shuri. Cause I don't know why, but I'm just enchanted by the idea of Shuri, Jarvis and Thor being the ones who fix shit. Um, it's just there's something so improbable about it all. And Thor also is okay. very good proof for Tony because I want I want Tony Stark read in because it's just not fun if he's not. Also because right. I think that there Tony Tony will be involved in the pairing, whichever whichever way that went. Um, and we've talked about that the imbalance of knowledge really is a. When it comes to time travel, is a difficult thing. Mm-hmm. I think that it would be interesting, actually, because um, this Shuri has been shaped by war, and she's no longer quite 
um, well, and she's also been kind of shaped by the God of Thunder <laughs> because they were together for months while they planned this. Um, and then she thinks that she's lost Thor, and all she has left is this copy of Jarvis, and she has to get to Tony Stark. So what happens is, is this, is this my plot or your plot? Is this our plot? <laughs> I legit have no okay. idea anymore. <laughs> okay, so she sets up the gate using the vibranium. Thor powers it with his, his godliness, his hotness, his godliness, and his axe. The moment in the time stream when Mew Mew is in the Bifrost so that he can connect the axe and the hammer. He's using the hammer to anchor them. The Bifrost is going to tear them both apart, he realizes, once they're in it. So, because they aren't... Because at that time, the Bifrost was being controlled by... um, Himdall, yeah, yeah. Himdall was so, controlling it with that with that sword. So Thor and Shuri might have looked like foreign matter to him. Thor uses the last of his power to protect Shuri and get to get her out of the Bifrost, and he ends up in the hammer. She ends up on Earth with the axe <laughs> and Jarvis. Ahead. And ahead, of, but she'd be also be landing ahead of Thor. Slightly, yes. he arrives slightly behind behind um, the hammer, so she would technically get there before Thor would arrive. But she wouldn't know that Thor was in the hammer. She would just know he was gone. She that might be her her awareness, and so right. If she has physically has the copy of Jarvis. She could go off and go try to find Tony Stark because she has no. She thinks Thor is dead, and then Thor, he arrives. Younger Thor arrives, get his older self's memory, reclaims his hammer, and goes off. And he, the hammer has a connection to the axe, so he has no problem tracking Shuri down. Now, is Jarvis in the axe? Well, if she's come through physically, she's got him on a, on a drive of some sort. Yeah, yeah. Once we switch to physical tra- physical travel, I think the only person whose consciousness gets transferred into anything. Tony is Stark is he... in Malibu at this point because Avengers Tower yeah. wasn't completed until the first Avengers movie. So, and that's after the first Thor movie. Um, so, um, Tony's in Malibu. Yeah, he's in Malibu. It's be- Thor was between. No, Thor, that, those events happened all at the same time. Um, so that would have been the very end of Iron Man 2, because remember, Coulson left dealing with, he, he, he had that conversation to go at the end to, to go mm-hmm. deal with that thing in New Mexico, which was where the hammer was. Yeah. So um, I, it would have been the end of Iron Man. She would be going to Malibu at the end of Iron Man 2. So the, vibran- the, um, the palladium poisoning problem has been solved. But if it's the she can end cut of that Iron whole Avengers thing off at the past. But if it's the end of Iron Man two, um, 
he might be in Malibu or he might not, because remember, he went to Stark Expo. Iron Man 2 ends at Stark Expo. And then at the after credit scene is when we see Coulson out in the desert looking at the hammer. So Tony Stark might Expo still be in New York. In New York. Right. 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 So she, he, he, you could make a case for him being in New York or in L.A. But at the end of Iron Man 2, which is when we see the hammer out there in the desert, he is definitely in New York. So she lands just short of the hammer. She has to get out of the way before Jane comes to investigate the disturbance in the desert and hits the younger Thor. Right. Thor would have known where she was going to land. So she could have landed prepared. She could have, you know, a backpack, all her crap in it, yeah, she could have money. She could have every. If she's traveling physically, she could have everything she needs. To, but she's gonna. She would have arrived assuming Thor was gonna be with her, and when he died in the transport, she would not have waited around. I don't think. I don't think there's any reason for her to. No, he would have. I mean, I gonna, think that. Know that something. You know, she needs to get out of the way before somebody sees her. Because she doesn't need right. to be seen in the desert. Because Thor had to tell her that S.H.I.E.L.D. was going to be there. Right. First, a bunch of, you know, a first a bunch of Bubba showed up trying to haul the hammer out with pickup trucks and chains and stuff. And then S.H.I.E.L.D. turned up and <laughs> put up a giant tent. Um, so she doesn't have long before people start turning up. Uh, yeah. But yeah. she has long enough for Jane to hit Thor with the truck. And Darcy to tase him and then drag him back because neither the Bubba's nor S.H.I.E.L.D. know about Thor until Thor goes for the hammer. Right. So she, but I would think Shuri would be long gone by the time Thor goes for the hammer because yeah. she has no reason to, she has, she's, if she's got the axe, um, there's no reason for her to, to do anything with the hammer. She's going to know it's there, but so what? Um, and she's not interested in interacting with the younger Thor because he doesn't know anything. So she doesn't right. know. So she needs that, to haul uh, ass to right. Tony Stark. To Tony. And the and L.A. or New York is a logistics issue. L.A. is closer. Um, but technically, at the end of the movie, he was in New York. And actually, okay, I would say it's a logistics. It, 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 it may not be trivial because there was so much, so many problems surrounding that the Stark Expo was basically blowing up. I doubt Tony would have been able to leave New York for several weeks. So he's probably in New York. I mean, it just would seem weird to me that with all the stuff that had happened with um, Vanko and and with AIM and the bots and stuff, that he would just pack right up and go right home. I mean, his expo got destroyed. I would think that he would be hanging around for a while. So. I would think because of, if she's really got the axe, I would think because of the axe, she's going to have to drive, which means she's going to have to go rent a car somewhere. Or yeah, buy. she probably be she off be easier traveling. buying, a ca- you know, paying with cash. Buying some junker. Now, see, because of all of these factors, I would almost want to tell it mostly from her point of view. Yeah. 
His PA, you do realize that Shuri's a fucking genius, right? As I be like asking, I'm asking Bruce Banner to be his PA. She's smart as fuck. She could, in fact, be smarter than him. Yeah, even if yeah, I think that he would just hire her and put her to work. Give her her own floor, I don't just think like she did. Sure Bruce he would have brought any Wakandan technology with her. I think she would have packed, say, under the radar for that until mm-hmm. things were to the point where it was going to be okay and she could afford to reveal herself to her family. Because she's yeah. working her ass off to save her kingdom. Because that's the freaking queen of Wakanda right there because she's the only one left. <laughs> Such as it was. Um, Nat was already out of the picture by then. Tony knew who she was. By the time Shuri shows up, Nat was already no longer... Tony already knew that she was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. He wouldn't have anything to do with her. So Shuri being his PA would not prevent anything with Natasha. And it's really honestly um, demeaning to, to, um, to put her in that role. It's, it's just, it's, it's terrible. But also, I think Shuri needs to be 100% upfront, honest with Tony from the get. Yeah. She's going to have a copy have... of his baby. Literally, Jarvis yeah, is a uh, baby. Yeah. She has a copy of him. She's going to explain herself and boom. And Jarvis is going to have years and years of experience and memories that the Jarvis and the server had. And, um, and then when Thor shows up, Talk about extra proof, because an, uh, an Asgardian god lands on his balcony and comes strolling in going, you know, why didn't you wait for me? <laughs> you were dead. Uh, and she's like, what okay. the hell with the hair? I like it better short. <laughs> How old would Killmonger be at that point? Um Killmonger would have just been entering based on his age. Depending, I would say he was in the military at that point. Now, the ripples of this are pretty interesting. Because for starters, Loki doesn't fall off the Bifrost because he, Thor doesn't hang around to fight with Loki. Thor just grabs his hammer and books it to New York to, you know, he chases the axe. He might even catch it. Well, I don't think, I think Shuri would have, would be hauling it to New York. And it was a day, a couple of days that passed before Thor made for the hammer. So um, she would probably barely get to New York before Thor caught up with her. But anyway, um, that whole fight with Loki in the town, none of that would have happened. Loki wouldn't have fallen from the Bifrost and wound up in Thanos' hands. Um which when the Warrior Three tried to get Hemdall to send them to Earth, he'll be able to see where Thor is and that Thor has the hammer. He'll be able to see all that, and he won't send them. Yeah. Hemdall will probably reach out to Thor and say, "Hey, um, what's going on? <laughs> what's up, dude? Um, Do you and need me? Thor could make it." Thor could actually try to chick. bring Loki in because you put you put Loki in play, right? If you can, if Thor can convince Loki to abandon his plans, um, 
you put Loki in play as another asset that could be helpful. But it does create the this ripple of the whole thing with the Chitari becomes a big question mark about how that how how they then come for Earth because Loki's out of play. Well, regardless, we know that he's going to come because at that point, um, there are two, will be three Infinity Stones on Earth. The Time Stone is already here. The Ancient One has it. Um, right. S.H.I.E.L.D. has, and the Aether is basically lingering, waiting for an opening to come out on Earth. Yeah, it's very near, it's it's very accessible to Earth more so than any place else. So that's three. He's already coming. Yeah. But the question has to be different. Because S.H.I.E.L.D. is continuing, unless they shut down the experiment with the Tesseract, I think Thanos would just send somebody else through, somebody else who has a slightly better plan than trying to bring an invasion in over New York. Um, well, well, his enforcer was Ronan. Ronan, yeah, Ronan was his enforcer, but he also had that, that Black Maw dude. Um, yeah. But cause a, a, a smarter thing to do would have been to bring the Atari <sighs> army in over the fucking desert where nobody is, right? You get the whole army through, and then you start attacking. You don't bottleneck a, you know, an, an army coming through over a heavily populous. Yeah, the other well, they, they needed Tony's art reactor to power it, right? No, they didn't. Did they? Uh, did they use the power from the tower? Because they constructed their own thing. I thought the he tower would probably was just a he could have sent Nebula or Gamora. Yeah. I don't know if he ever used either one of them for his all, his whole culling mission. And it would be a culling mission. He would he would send his army there to kill half the people on Earth while they search for the stones. Stones. Yeah. Yeah, they used his big giant arc reactor that he was using to power the tower. Well, they just used the power from the building, though. They weren't actually connected to the arc reactor because the arc reactor was not on the roof. So right. they basically were just using it as a power source that they literally could have plugged in anywhere. Um, it felt like... It, honestly, when you look back at the Avengers with the knowledge that Loki was under Thanos' control to some degree, it feels like Loki was dropping breadcrumbs for them. Um including that warm light for all mankind shit, right, that led Tony to figuring out where he was going. And, but I think Loki chose the arc reactor because it, it he chose the building. He didn't, it wasn't actually the reactor because the reactor, like I said, the reactor's not on the roof. So the, the building was self-powered, but if they needed the arc reactor specifically, they wouldn't have been able to just plug in like up into a power socket. They'd have had to have gotten to it. So, 
the building choice feels like it was personal and not functional. Or maybe that even he hoped that, that they would that he would that Stark would be able to stop them. Yeah, he was giving him clues about how to stop it. If you, you could, I think you could easily make the case that that's what was going on. Is that he was giving Tony the clues about how to stop what was happening. Um, but that's why I said if when you change the players and it's somebody who's not Loki coming through. Um, well, for starters, they're going to be prepared, right? So in theory, if you neutralize the Tesseract, you stop the invasion coming in through a portal. Um, so it wouldn't They're going to have to come in ships. They're going to have to come the long, slow way. Except not really. I mean, did you notice how quickly he got to Earth? In Infinity he War? sure did, but... But by the time he got to Earth in Infinity Wars, he had the space stone, and that's how he was traveling. Not him. I mean the dude that brought the big giant ship to Earth. Oh, the big donut. The donut. Yeah. The flying donut. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So they could easily have got get to Earth by ships, but he probably is going to still make that his last stop because he Earth was always his last stop. Because there Um, are so many stones. Right. He's going to collect the outliers first. Um, so he's still going to come. He's still going to, but maybe he sends his army to call the planet. Um, so there's less. Well, we don't know where Gamora is because you need to keep in mind that uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy doesn't take place on the same. Um, it takes place. The Guardians of the Galaxy takes place like. Where's my fucking timeline? Because it's not like the viewing order that we got isn't the order of the timeline. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I'm over I on Collider had... right now trying to find the the where the Guardians fit into the timeline. We The last time we were plotting something about MCU, we spent so much time going over timelines and ultimately decided to mostly go with the one on Collider. Right. Okay, so Loki falls from the Bifrost in 2011. Um, Thor crashes to Earth while Bruce Banner arrives to at Culver University. This is also in 2011. Um, She'll start studying the Tesseract in two thousand in June of two thousand eleven. She'll desaws Captain America in two thousand twelve. All the events of Guardians of the Galaxy take place in September of two thousand fourteen. All the events of Guardians of the Galaxy two take place in October of two thousand fourteen. Black Panther happens in two thousand sixteen. Thor Ragnarok and the Infinity War happens in 2017. So Shuri, so Shuri is 16, 17 years old at the end of Infinity War. Isn't she like 15 or 16 um, in, in in Black Panther? Yeah, she, she's a teenager. So if she, so in Infinity War, she's, you said how old, 17? 
Maybe. Because, so okay, so Black Panther takes place in 2016. Thor Ragnarok and Infinity War take place in 2017. Okay, so if so she's traveling year. back to 2011, she's going back six years, so the Shuri of that time is 11. It'd be pretty easy for them not to know that mostly adult Shuri looks different than the 11-year-old version. But I would have them kind of suffer it for maybe a couple of years before they get so desperate they go back in time. So I would put her, I would want her to be about 20, 2021 when she goes back in time. So she can be an adult. Yeah. That would work. That would work. Yeah, I mean, Gamora could be sent to deal with Earth, but I don't think he would do that. No, he keeps Gamora closed at that point. Um, Because I think he knows that she's going to She's going to leave him. I need to take a little break. Keep talking. Okay. I do. Th- I think it's probably more likely if he were to send somebody to um, Earth. I think it would either be that Black Mog, that, that Ebony Mog guy again, because we already have precedent that he sent, um, sent him to Earth already. Um, so there's there's precedent for that. But he could also send Ronan, which would be an interesting way of creating a ripple effect that affects the Guardians universe. Because if Ronan is dealt with on Earth in 2011-ish, 2012, pardon me, which is when the invasion-ish would have happened, um, if that's when, let's say he still tries to keep that timeline and he can't create a portal, so he sends ships instead and maybe they get there a few months later so maybe it's September of 2012 that's still well in advance of the Guardians of the Galaxy timeline so um, thinking through this so he would if, if they send Ronan and you deal with Ronan there that really that well hmm, I would not I don't know that I would want to interrupt the events with Guardians of the Galaxy. Hmm. So assuming you wanted to preserve um, the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff to make it happen as close to possible the way it did, I think you'd have to have Ebony Maw be the one to lead um, any invasion to Earth. I don't think it could be Ronan. I think because if, you know, unless you're writing a dystopian kind of thing, or, which I'm not, uh, you would have, you would have him get defeated. And then the guardians of the galaxy events don't happen at all. They don't come together as a team. Um, they don't, they don't save Xandar. Is that the name of that planet was? Is it Xandar? Okay, Xander. What do you mean? What is going to cause Gamora leaving? I think Gamora I think, always wanted to leave. Gamora left yeah. in Guardians because she finally had the resources to. She thought to get away. She was going to sell the Infinity Stone <laughs> to book it. And it could be if she winds up getting sent to Earth that she sees the potential there to to leave then. But if, like I said, if you wanted to keep the events of Guardians of the Galaxy relatively intact, I think you would leave, you wouldn't have Ronan or Gamora tapped to leave the Chitari to Earth. I think it would probably be Ebony Maw. I agree. 
you don't want to call as many cre- ripples because you have to keep track of the ripples you take. Right. Because he was creepy as fuck and he wound up dying anyway. So, and he, he didn't have any impact on any of the other events in canon, I know of, um, until the Avenger, until the Infinity War stuff. So, um, if he's the one sent to lead the Chitauri in, to Earth, not that I, not that it would, would get that far. I mean, I don't know that I would write the novel that far. I think that I would be no. writing to a point, you know, where they're putting, it'd be like laying the foundation for fixing the future. Um, and it could even fix some shit on um, Asgard too, because you've got Thor who was a king, and that could be part of the defense for Earth, is that... Um, Thor could at some point go back to Asgard and, you know, deal with the shit there and prove that the Chitauri are headed, headed for Earth, which is part of the Nine Realms, which are supposed to be under Odin's protection. And then once you've got that proof, you can start getting the governments of the Earth involved and building some sort of space stuff, um, some sort of planetary defense of some sort. And you've got the Asgardians involved, and um, Shuri could help get the Wakandans involved. And I was thinking about another faction that should be that this would bring in. Hmm. Wow. My brain had a just complete blank there. Um, The the um, yeah that that was the other faction is that well strange wouldn't be involved yet but they could definitely get the sorcerers involved because the sorcerers may be primarily responsible for um, interdimensional threats it, I would think they would still care about spaceships landing on Earth and trying to tear it apart kill half the people. No, I was just, I was just, the, the 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 blank I had was on the ancient one. The ancient one was the other the, the other party. I would think that they would want to get involved. I'm sure that they would notice something. I would imagine the sorcerers know, of, of the would notice something like every time the bifrost is used, but they have to be aware of it. So they have to know that it's there, and so when it's used, I would think that they would notice it. I I don't know that they would specifically notice that something extra was traveling on the Bifrost. I don't know if they would notice the time distortion. Um, I think you could write it either way. I probably would choose to not have them notice that part. Um, Unless they're getting information from the time stone. And if they are, then they would know not to interfere. Right. Or to help one or the other. What was your thing earlier about the goddess of des- the um, the destiny, the goddess of destiny, or whatever it was that was the cosmic entity destiny? What do you want to do with her? Yeah, 
Um, I was thinking she would be looking for um, well in Century I have her feeling like that there is that the cosmic entities made a mistake that they basically weaponized the Infinity Stones and that they were never meant to be and they all basically were all of the Infinity Stones were crafted into objects of some sort that became sort of weapon-like. Um, the Scepter, the, the Tesseract, which was the least weapony of the bunch, but it could sure be used to power weapons. Um, the, that to create weapons. That the soul, yeah, that thing that the Soul Stone was in it was, was in its way a type of being weaponized, right? That trap. Yeah. Um, what was going on with the, with the Reality Stone... Um, the only one that really what was that wasn't as much of a weapon that the was the power stone was in that orb. Um but who knows what that orb could have been used for. So um uh, anyway, well, I, I don't think the time stone was being used as a weapon. It wasn't it well but it sort of was because they were using it to use it to power magical spells that could affect space time. Okay. Okay, yeah, I'll buy it. So it depends upon it, it, even if it wasn't. But the the scepter didn't have to be used as a weapon either. None of them had to be used as weapons, but they effectively were weaponized. Um. So what if in anyway, the moment so I ha- Thanos was destroying Vision, she kind of plucked Vision out. Yeah, that was my thought. Was like just at that moment, she just pulls him out, and especially the part that is. Because his programming is all is Jarvis, right? Even if it became something else, right? And so well, my thought, I think so I, that the Soul Stone. I mean, right? It's the Soul Stone, right? No, what is the stone? What is the stone in him? It, it's the Mind Stone. The Mind Stone plus Jarvis's code equals Vision. Plus the so if Thanos, yeah, was that like their spark, right? That brought them together, that yeah, merged the, them. Yeah, the, the the cradle, the cradle, well, and and Thor's hammer. Um, so between exactly. Thor's hammer, the That's cradle, really interesting. yeah. You you've got body, you've got the energy source, the spark, which was from Thor's hammer. You've got the mind stone, um, and you've got Jarvis's programming, and that came together to form Vision, which is Jarvis's knowledge, the mind stone's entity stuff, uh, Thor's power, and the body, and and the body that was intended for Ultron. Yes. So all that is I don't left think... is Jarvis's code. Yeah, that is all that's left. So, um, and, and I don't explore this much in Sentry because it. Well, th- it'll be some of the stuff would be in the sequel, but a lot of it was just sort of like my mo- the motivations I worked up for her, which was that she she has a, each of the entities have ta- things that they do right. They they have a function in the universe. And they kind of just let the universe kind of roll on, but that she feels more strongly than her her brethren that they made a mistake in letting what happened with the Infinity Stones happen because it certainly isn't their intention to let the universe be wiped out. Because as we've discussed, eventually killing half the life in the universe will eventually destroy all life. It, you can't just take half of life away. Um, it destroys. I mean, it destroys everything. But. Yeah, all the ecosystems. Are Thanos, in a way, Thanos is playing God, and he's and he's actually specifically playing 
destiny because he's deciding who lives and dies. And that's right. not his job. No, that's so, her job. It, so my thought for her was that, and I have her taking up you know, like a different path, obviously, in, in Century, which is that she has these um, eight, sort of like these hands of fate that she um, works with to help manipulate the universe in a way. But so I was thinking, like, what if I use that same kind of world building and I do, I do like my own world building that there is a creation stone and that it is, it's, it's hidden in the earth and it's asleep and that that's why the stones keep being attracted to earth. So I might mm-hmm. choose to use that, was really that cool. kind of world build, that kind of world building again. And she's sort of like the mother stone. Um, but anyway, um, so she, um, she decides that she has to intervene because she can't let the, the universe be destroyed. And that decides to intervene with Jarvis and just pluck him out and send him back in time. And because she's one of the, well, no, so a question about, yeah, if you remove half life from ecosystems, because life includes bacteria, right? So it's not just it's not about proportion um, for certain ecosystems to exist. You can't just take away half of what's in them. It would they would they would fall apart. But also, it boils down to the fact that if he took half of everything, and there, and on Mar- Marvel said that he he took half of all life down to the back the microbial level. Um, he did nothing to solve the problem with resources because not only did he cut the populations in half, he cut the resources in half too. He mansplained the universe. He took one yeah, and class a lot of those re- on environmental science and mansplained the universe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of ecosystems that wouldn't survive when you cut into them like that. Um, Nature is so, really fucking delicate. It is. Um, so I just, if you, if I were to go, um, it's a, so like there, I like the idea of both people coming together, like Shuri and, and Thor and go, we're, we gotta, we gotta do something different. We gotta fix this. But I also like the idea of like uh, the cosmic, cause the cosmic entities are responsible for the infinity stones. That's canon. So I like the idea of them, um, taking some responsibility for that mistake and doing something about it. And I do find it to be intriguing that their vehicle that they would choose is Jarvis. I find that to be an intriguing notion that they choose artificial intelligence to, well, he's perfect. He is perfect because he has, he doesn't have, um, He doesn't have his. Well, I think he doesn't. Have, I was starting to say he doesn't have an agenda, but he does in a way. But his his. I think his agenda is about ensure the survival of Tony Stark, which means ensuring the survival of the whole planet. Which you know I've got no problem with, because Tony's my unicorn. Uh, they hand they hand waved away the courting death thing. They hand waved that away. They that is not his. In in the MCU, his um, 
his motivation was strictly about overpopulation of the universe. And the, and basically the, the, I would say the decimation of his people as they went through kind of a, a collapse of resources um, on Titan where they couldn't, people were starving and they couldn't afford to feed them. They couldn't feed everybody. So. Um, yeah. That whole death court yeah. system got pulled out of the MCU, which I think was a mistake because I think it makes his motivations um, super dumb. You can, you can, you know, it's not great his motivations in comic book canon, but at least you get it. Yeah, because people have been doing stupid stuff for obsessional love, for love since the dawn of time. It's very rooted. It's, it's you know. And it's also, so, you know, it's also very male to, you know, it's, she's deaf, I'm going to keep sending her dead people. I mean, there's some, there's yeah. some guy logic in that, right? Um, yeah. And there's some girl logic and coming back. Oh, I'm going to kick your ass. What does it matter with you? You think that I saw? I actually saw some uh, write up on that. Somebody says, "Why would why?" It's a typical man who thinks that he's going to court a woman by sending her more work, <laughs> right? So this is my I job. Sending me dead bodies. I can't, if you I used to like me so much, and he would come into the restaurant where I waited tables and sit in my section. So not only was he taking up one of my tables, so I wasn't making as much money as I could. He was demanding of my time. Um, He never tipped me. He was not doing me any favors, and he thought that he was keeping me company. I wasn't even dating him. If I was dating him, I would have cussed him out and told him to go home. Um, So I had my manager get rid of him. No, he didn't tip the motherfucker. I'm still mad about it. It's been decades. Decades. Anyways. His third visit, I got the manager to ask him to leave. He left a note on my card telling me um, that he uh, that he still loved me, even if I was mean. Ugh. I know. No. That is so beyond horrible. <sighs> okay, so where do we have... Now, Jarvis going back by himself is a lot... It's a whole kind of different idea than Jarvis going back with other people. Yeah, because, well, if he goes back in time under the influence of a goddess, she could open up roads for him. But see, the thing is, you have to be careful with that because you don't want Tony to think that Jarvis has gone full Skynet on him. <laughs> oh, I think I think you have to read Tony in. I think you can't have Tony be ignorant of what's going on with Jarvis. And Jar- I think Jarvis would make that clear to her um, that we can't hide this from him. Or I'm going to get my server unplugged. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? I don't want to be unplugged. Sir, I need more server space. How much more? An entire server farm would be great. Thank you. And I'm going to need some... some um. I need more speed, and um, aliens are going to invade the Earth in six years. So, so we have some planning to do. <laughs> we have stuff to do. We don't have time for this. Well, actually, if Jarvis is going back by himself, he could go back any time. 
Um, I, we don't hear the... Right, yeah. In my youth, Ellie, I would say, I was very attractive. I never had a problem getting a man. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I'm not trying to be vain or arrogant or anything. I was just, I never really had a problem getting a man's attention from 16 till about 30. And then I got mean and my resting bitch face became permanent. And But I still get uh, brushed up against in the grocery store and, you know, it, told I have nice melons in the vegetable section. Ew. Told I'm cute because I'm small. Sometimes the low men don't know whether they want to pat me on the ass or the head. Just saying. They better not do either. Right? Does, does Jarvis go back in time in that pic? Because I would totally want to read it if he does. <laughs> I'm all about this. So have we have we drawn any conclusions? Definitely the idea with Thor is more fleshed out. Um, the one with the cosmic entity sending Jarvis back would be um, it's a uh, it's it's a little bit there's stuff to work out. Let's put it that way. Well, the first thing he has to do is he has to establish a relationship of equality between him and Stark. He has to um, demonstrate to Tony that he is that he's more now that he is he's grown and he's bigger and he has a mission that he's been given by the goddess of destiny and he um, he needs to, he needs Tony to be on point. Which means he needs to stop drinking and whoring and <laughs> whatever else he might be doing at that point. Because we gotta save the world. I need you to behave now, okay? Okay. And by the way, there's a shield spy in our in our company. I've already had her fired. <laughs> Wherever you land, start cleaning house, Jarvis. Just start cleaning house. By the way, you accepted me. You is definitely a girl. (laughs) I'm incepted. You's a girl. I am. I am happy to incept you. Mm. Yeah, I think once Tony was on board, I think that the um, the the idea with the second idea where Jarvis comes back alone and he's kind of coming back as, as an, as an agent for a cop. He's basically, that's what he is. He's an agent for a cosmic entity. Um, then it becomes a lot about the relationship between Jarvis and Tony. I think Tony would really kind of like flip the fuck out when, if he found out that um, he lost Jarvis in the future. And he would do anything he had to to prevent that from happening. Because that's just not okay. It's totally not okay. Um, It'd be really interesting because that version of Jarvis um, 
while he's no longer Vision, he was part of Vision. So he would, as much as I don't like the relationship, um, uh, um, that version of Jarvis would know what it's like to be in love, would know what it's like to make love. Well, he would know if I, yes, but consider that he might have a different perspective on it once he's separated from the Mind Stone. Because, true, um, what's her face? Wanda got her powers from the Mind Stone, and he's got the Mind Stone in his head. So there's going to be an affinity between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And what if he finds that revolting when he's not under the influence of Stone anymore? And he might. It might not become an issue, but but I think that it could become. But the a fact very is, is that she might have found it revolting as much if she wasn't under the influence of the mind stone. You mean Wanda? Yeah, I mean, would she really have wanted to have a relationship with what is essentially an android? I'm making a face over here. I mean, he. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, yeah, he's 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 essentially an android, but I do think of him as being, you know, fully sapient. So, um, Humanoid, that may not yeah, have been. But, uh, but you have to feel like uh, when you're making those kinds of choices that your choices are uninfluenced, and I don't know that they were. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, I we, we just gross out the whole chat room. <laughs> I have a problem with sex dolls, and so it just <laughs> – as much fun as I have with you, and I did have fun with him, not in the traditional way one would have with you, um, I don't find sex – I mean, sex dolls particularly to be – they're creepy as fuck, okay? And um, – <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Although one of my favorite scenes is next in Next Generation is when 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 Tasha Yar asks Data if he if he's anatomically correct. <laughs> well, and she the, proceeds the to get it on with him. My problem, my here's my issue with date with Data is that they never quite made the leap that Data was truly. Um, and I'll t- they they cut. It's like they tease at him being a truly like sentient, sapient, autonomous life form. Um, they kind of tease at that, but they never quite because he had to have an emotion chip. And right. So I think Data and and Jarvis are in a little bit a little bit different. I think Jarvis is further along than Data was. Even though Data was a very advanced android, Jarvis, I, I think, think is more. Evolution was stymied by the fact that his maker took out his emotion chip. Yeah, if he'd had it, so he all wasn't along, allowed he, to develop. Yeah, he could because he clearly learned and adapted. So, how would his experience have been different if he'd had emotions all along? By not giving him emotions, it, I think that it just. But I think so. I do think Jarvis is, you know, you know, in terms of, of, of evolutionary of an artificial life form, I do think Jarvis is further along in that spectrum than than Data. Um, I don't know. 
So have we come to any conclusions? We found a way to throw Jarvis back in the past. We found at least two ways. Mm-hmm. We have had axe shenanigans, axe shenanigans. <laughs> I do like the idea of, of Shuri, um, de facto queen of Wakanda. Um, so I'm just going, you know what, fuck it, let's go, let's go. Let's do it. There's nothing for us here. <laughs> Because Wakanda got fucked up in that battle. Yeah. Now, it, with the Shuri idea, I don't have a lot of pairing ideas for um, the cosmic entity one. Um, but with the Shuri one, I think there's lots of potential for various pairings. Um Hmm. I just don't know which way I'd want to go with that, you know? Shuri's still a little too young for Tony Stark. Shuri will be 20 years old. She's an adult. She can ride any dick she wants. That's true. But I'm not saying I would have her take a ride on Tony. I'm just saying she's an adult. <laughs> she, can, she, can, she can, yes, true, she, she can do whatever she wants. I just don't know that I would pair them just because it's almost a 20-year age difference. Um, no, I wouldn't. I would have a very – it would be a very um, very paternal vibe going on there. Um, him doll. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, if she – now, here's the thing. If she goes back to um, um, – Wakanda to like kick some butt and um um that's not the that's uh if she goes back to Wakanda to like kick some butt and get people to um behave she could be like all badass and get together with Mbaku. Mm. <laughs> and bring and, and bring those two tribes the two tribes back together. Bring his tribe back into the uh into the nation of Wakanda. He he was mighty fine looking. <laughs> I you know, you just, just make your ovaries clench, didn't it? I mean I, I can't even explain it. Every time he barked my uterus which... <laughs> I mean like, like it's like dude, dude. Like half the women on the planet were like Am I pregnant? <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> Stuff clenched. <laughs> he barked. Uh, I went, oh, <laughs> I can't even. What? <laughs> what is it about that man? I don't know what it is. I just. I, I don't either. Blame. Oh, I didn't. I, I. I wanted to hit that, but not with a piece of paper. I, I can't even explain it. It was just. It's just all kinds of awesome. But, you know, he was so in the first in, in, in the black in Black Panther, you know, for a long time he was so confrontational with her about her age and stuff. And I think a, an older version of her who has been through war that even he hasn't seen, um, could go back and just really get up in his face. I think it could be an interesting pairing. Yeah, there were some beautiful people in Black Panther. I know a lot, but M- 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 Baku was it. 
that was a that was a special amount of beautiful. I don't even you could climb on that and just take a long ride. A real long ride. <laughs> I um as far as pairings go, um it's tempting to want to pair Shuri with somebody. But also it would be really great for that not to be an issue. Yeah, true. You yeah, you could it could but both of the, I think that the, they both ideas we've talked about lend themselves to more genfic. Um unless you throw Loki in the mix and you know, I don't know, he probably just needs to get laid. Um always. I'm not sure, but I'm not sure see Thor and Tony together. Thor's too serious and literal. And Tony is Too twisty? Yeah. I, if I were to even attempt that pairing, I would have to wait and see how it felt when I get there. And the problem with doing that is you don't set any foundation for it. And then it's just sort of like, eh. I run into problems with that. Sometimes it works out where you get to a place and you go, yeah, this pairing is going to work. But sometimes you get there and you go, ugh. And that's one I would I would have to wait till I saw how the interactions played out, but it doesn't in, immediately jump out at me as um, a good. But you know, honestly, Tony Dinozo and, and Thor didn't jump out to me as a good pairing either. <laughs> first. And it worked fine. So you know, you never know. They were great though. That was great. Um, Depending on when she goes back, she could direct Tony to Steve's location. Definitely, definitely. And if and if and if if that's a big shit, that's you know, I actually do ship Steve and Tony as long as it's before Winter Soldier. Um, what if she kind of had a crush on Bucky from taking care of him, and he disappeared in the snap, right? So by the yeah. time she goes back, she's an adult. Um, she could make it like her mission to save his ass, and she yeah. might know all kinds of things when she goes back because she's got a couple of years to learn. You can make it as many years as you want, but the thing is, is that um, depending on when you send her back to, and where Bucky is she could cut it off at the pass before anybody ever gets enough information about Bucky to want to put him in jail before the connection between Bucky and the Winter Soldier is ever made. Yeah. She could go back and save all those men from themselves. (laughs) I'm going to fix all your shit, Nick Fury. That's right. We're down to a minute. But I do like a the minute. idea of Shuri oh. going back in time and just kicking so much ass. I think it would be great. Um, her and Jarvis, partners in crime. And profit, like Ferengi. <laughs> <laughs> you got to make some money. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that if Shuri wanted to, Shuri could make sure that no one ever found out that Bucky was responsible for the death of Tony's parents, including him. She, she sure could. 
Um, anyway, we're down to 37 seconds. You guys have a great rest of the week. And if you're sprinting, we'll see you there. And just be cool. Um, say good night, Julie. Good night, everyone. <laughs>